0: hello fans of the beautiful game welcome to episode 14 of the dkb footy show i am your host david ballett and we've got a lot to talk about over the past week there's been a lot of action league matches during the weekend and midweek as well as well as um the carabao cup but i would actually like to start with the fifa best awards Finally, after about 10 years, 11 years now, the Ronaldo-Messi duopoly for the FIFA Best Award has been broken by none other than Luka Modric. If I was asked to predict who was going to break this duck um, about a year or two ago, I would have definitely not predicted Modric. I would have predicted maybe Neymar or Mbappe or maybe Bale if Bale had a season without injuries. But... It's been Luka Modric and he has had an excellent year. He had a great World Cup which was followed which came after winning the Champions League with Real Madrid which he was instrumental in as usual. He was excellent in the World Cup leading Croatia to the to their first World Cup final in their history and he has been awarded with the best FIFA player of the year award and um, this is actually quite controversial in some ways a lot of people would have argued that Cristiano Ronaldo deserved to win it if it was solely actually based on who was the best individual performer of the year I am a bit in that camp as well I actually think Ronaldo should have won it in all honesty and in my opinion this is because Real Madrid won the Champions League with Ronaldo's goals. They would not have won the Champions League without Ronaldo. He was so instrumental as he as he had been for the past three years. In Real Madrid getting to that final, I mean, he almost single-handedly knocked out PSG home and away. He got that amazing goal against Juventus at home. He got the penalty against them in the second round. Okay, yes, granted in the semifinals and final, he didn't score, but I mean, he was... If without his performances, without his goals, he scored another 16 goals in the Champions League. Without his goals, Real Madrid would not have won the Champions League. And you can argue that without, without Modric in the team, as instrumental and as important he was to that team, one could argue that without Modric, Real Madrid may have still won the Champions League. I mean, Modric and Cruz didn't even play in the knockout round against PSG last season in the, second, in the second leg where Real Madrid beat them in their own home. So if Modric and Cruz, the two most important midfielders in the team, were able to be rested and Real Madrid still won the match thanks to Ronaldo's goals, then really, I mean, you can only say that. Ronaldo definitely was the one who helped Real Madrid win the Champions League and without him there is n- absolutely no doubt that they would not have won the Champions League. Also, yes, Modric had an excellent World Cup, leading Croatia, the ultimate underdogs, to the final and they well have could they they well could have actually won the final. In the balance of the play, they were actually they matched France all the way up until they um it was about four the uh, up until it was four one I mean they really outplayed France in my opinion, but the key thing is that they did not win it, so I mean, are we going to give Modric the award because because Croatia overachieved and he was the best player in a team that overachieved? I mean, if it was a player from from germany or argentina or brazil that got to the final and they lost nobody would have really given accolades to that losing team because they were always expected to get that far in the competition but in croatia's case and for modric they overachieved and this is what made it all that more impressive that they actually got to the final but that being said, I don't really want to sound like a hater. Honestly, I'm a huge fan of Modric. I'm happy to see that he won it. It's nice to see a midfielder get the recognition in this um, stats-crazy world of football that we're in right now. And if there was anybody apart from Ronaldo that um, could have won it, yeah. I mean, I have no issue with it giving it um, going to Modric. Maybe a French player could have won it. Maybe someone like varan actually who got to the final who won the champions league and the world cup wasn't even even in the three man shortlist but yeah i really i have no qualms for modric i'm happy for him he's such a great midfielder finally getting the recognition he deserves he has been easily among the top three maybe midfielders in the past 6 7 years and he's getting the credit he deserves. So congratulations to him. Good for him. And the FIFA Pro Eleven, that was quite controversial, to be honest. I mean, OK, the front three, I have no issues with Messi, Ronaldo and, and Mbappe in the front three. The midfield, why is Hazard in the midfield? I mean, when has Hazard ever played as a midfielder? At most, Hazard has played, played as a number 10. The formation that they put was a four three three. So, obviously, that was putting Hazard as a central midfielder, which is not his position. So, I don't understand why he was put there. And what did he win last season? I mean, Chelsea didn't even make the top four. Belgium got to the semifinals. He played well for Belgium, but he wasn't the only one who played well. I mean, yeah, he was the best player, I I would say. But still, he didn't get to the final. He got to the semis. So, really, what warranted him being there? Kante fully deserved. Um, who else was in the midfield? Modric, yeah, fully deserved. And yeah, I don't know. They could have given it to a French midfielder or maybe to a Tony Cruz or Kevin De Bruyne even. I mean, De Bruyne had an excellent season with Man City. They won the league by how many points? 100 points, over 100 points. And he also got to the semi final just like Hazard did. So yeah, but the craziest decision in my opinion was Dani Alves. What the fuck was Dani Alves doing at right back? He played only like 23 games in the season out of 38 games in the league. After where he got injured and missed the rest of the season, he missed the World Cup. He got knocked out in the knockout round of the Champions League. So why in the world is Dani Alves there? This is why sometimes they say fans shouldn't be the ones to decide. But yeah, he was there. De Gea also in goal. I mean, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I'm very, very happy to see him there. I think he is the best goalkeeper in the world. But he, his team did not do anything significant last season. Both Spain and Manchester United did not win anything significant. I mean, you could have given it to... Kilo Navas would have been a better pick or even Kotoa Kotoa was the best player in the champ- in the world cup the best goalkeeper in the world cup he could have gotten there Hugo Lloris maybe I mean he won the world cup but yeah De Gea best keeper in the world but I don't think he really should have been given the um that place in the pro. but the craziest of all crazies oh my god what the hell were fans thinking voting Mohamed salah as the fifa pushkas award for the best goal i mean come on that was a great goal i'm mean, i'm not going to hate but that at best that was probably a goal of the week during that week i mean even in the in the premier league he didn't even win the goal of the month so how in the hell does that goal just like a nice finesse from the edge of the box how does that win the FIFA Pushcast Award? There were so many goals. I mean, look at Bill's goal in the Champions League final, Ronaldo's goal against Juve. Even some of these other smaller teams players, they scored incredible goals. I remember this Scorpion kick. Ah, oh, I forget what club this guy was playing for, but he scored a scorpion kick from like literally the edge of the box, or almost like outside of the box. Scorpion kick, he scored. And they gave it to some Mohammed Salah. Come on, come on, fans. Come on, football fans. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot of Liverpool and Egypt fans just, like, voting repeatedly, repeatedly, like, on and on and on. That's the only logical explanation I can think of for Mahmoud Salah getting this award. But anyways, enough about that. Um, It was announced today, Germany are going to be hosting the Euros in 2024. The next Euros, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the next Euros is not going to be hosted by one country. It's going to be, in 2020, it's going to be hosted by 12 cities in 12 different European countries. And then they're going to revert back to the um, traditional style by giving Germany to host it in 2024. So yeah, that's going to be interesting, but that's so many years away from now. So let's talk about what's going on today. And I think... It's in order that we talk about Manchester United's woes. Oh, I'm getting sick and tired of talking about Manchester United's issues, but it just keeps on getting worse and worse. And I think this is like an ultimate low. I mean, where do I even start? Do I start with the the loss to Derby County in the Capital One Cup at Old Trafford? do I talk about the draw against Wolves or do I talk about the issues between Pogba and Mourinho that will just not go away and has just gotten to a level where it's just so toxic that we don't know what's going to happen. But let's let, let let's talk about that. Pogba and Mourinho, man, their issues are crazy. I mean, I don't really understand. Um, This all started, I think, last season after... um the spurs versus manchester united match at wembley last season where spurs beat manchester united 2-0 pogba was taken off before the 60th minute in this match um he had a poor performance so but yeah he was taken off he definitely was not happy um and then the following match in the champions league against sevilla he was benched he didn't play at all and they lost they lost manchester united lost to sevilla at Old Trafford in the Champions League. This was a ridiculous decision by Mourinho, I remember, during that time. And he just doubled down. He was, at points, he was playing McTominay over Pogba, saying, oh, McTominay gives so much desire. He works hard for the team. Basically, shooting subliminal shots at Pogba. And I don't know how, what tactic that is. I mean, he's done that. He's publicly, he's publicly um, shamed so many of the players in the squad but to go for your biggest player the player who you broke the world record for that's just unbelievably ridiculous man I mean come on so fast forward to the world cup Pogba wins the world cup over the summer he has a decent performance for France a lot of people raved about it, but in my opinion he was he was mostly like at most a seven out of ten in that world cup but yeah he stuck to his position did well and Mourinho was asked during an interview to um give his opinion, give a judgment about Pogba's performances in the World Cup and how that was going to translate to the following season. And instead of any reasonable coach to come out and back his play and say, oh my God, like I always knew Pogba had this potential, had this quality, he's going to obviously transfer that quality and form to the season. But no, this guy just goes and says, oh... Um, It's up to Pogba to play well The only reason why Pogba played well Was because he was playing for his country And it was the World Cup So he didn't really need any extra motivation And basically saying that That shows that Pogba has not given his best For Manchester United I don't know how he expected Pogba to respond to that But obviously before the season started There were a lot of rumours that Pogba Was asking for a transfer request He wanted to move out and I really couldn't blame him. I mean, I would feel the same way. I think any other reasonable human being would feel would feel the same way after winning the World Cup and not getting the supports that he believes he deserves from his coach. So yeah, fast forward to this week after the one one draw against Wolves at Old Trafford, which um, I was quite disappointed with the results. But I couldn't say anything about the performance. Wolves definitely deserved to win, to to draw or even win that match possibly. I mean, they've had an excellent season up until this point and it was really no surprise. Everybody expected it to be a tough match and they performed very well at Old Trafford. They were not phased at all. I mean, they've been pushing above their weight since the beginning of the season Signing all these great great players, that's a team of their stature should really not be signing signing in a in a normal situation. So yeah, they got a draw at Old Trafford. Manchester United really did not create so much, so many chances. Um, after after the um the goal that Fred scored, he had another good chance from the free kick. But after that, there was really nothing nothing spectacular. And Pogba played well, in my opinion during that match, but he did lose the ball at a very dangerous position in our own half and that led to the counter-attack that led to the Wolves' equalizer. So that was really, yeah, That's that that, that just tells you everything about Pogba. He's always up and down. He in, in in 90 minutes, he can show you why he's probably top five midfielders in the world and in that same game, he will show you why he is not the finished product, and why the, he has been facing a lot of criticism since coming back to Manchester United. Um, but yeah, so after the match, Pogba goes on and says, "Oh, like United should be attacking, attacking, attacking in Old Trafford. Like most of our opponents, like literally fear our attack on paper, but we don't put in that those performances." And I think he was definitely firing shots at Jose Mourinho saying that, that he, his style of play doesn't really suit a team of Manchester United's stature. And I can't really argue with that. I I completely agree, and many others agree as well, that Manchester United should be playing much better attacking football. But at the same time, you don't come out and undermine your manager like that. So what was the result of that? Um, yeah, Mourinho... Ousted Pogba from the vice captaincy role, basically saying that Pogba would never captain United again as long as he was in charge of of the team. So there isn't really so much of an issue with him doing that, but the reports coming out have said that he actually did that in front of um, in front of the whole squad publicly. It was basically like a show of power, a show of like who's boss, who's in charge. And this definitely did not go down well with Pogba and did not go down well with the rest of the players because it's like, if you can do that to your best player, then nobody else is safe. That means he can talk down on anybody else in the team, which he has done in the past already. And yesterday, during training, there was another bust-up that was caught on camera. We don't know what was said between the two, between Mourinho and Pogba, but there was definitely a lot of, um, intensity, a lot of friction. We could, you could definitely tell from their facial expressions, from the way they were talking to each other back and forth, you could definitely tell that there were some issues there. All wasn't well. And so now we're hearing that Pogba has demanded a transfer request. He wants to leave the club. And um, yeah, that's the situation Manchester United is in. I, I think in my opinion, Um, Mourinho should definitely go. He needs to get the hell out of the club. He has shown no indication that he has the ability to raise this team up to the levels which he has raised his other teams in the past. Um, But that being said, Pogba is definitely not without blame. I think he also deserves a large um, portion of the blame because he also has not played anywhere near his full potential since joining this club he has never even put in a string of like six or seven straight consecutive matches where he has absolutely bossed it he always just has one match where he shows his potential and then another match where where everything just goes back to where he like shows that frustrating side of his that really angers fans um yeah so Pogba deserves blame, but Mourinho deserves most of the blame. And I think it's time for Mourinho to go because this is not only an issue with Pogba. It's clearly an issue with all the other players in the team. Everybody else is unhappy with the way Mourinho treats his players. So what are you going to do if you're Manchester United? Are you going to sack 30 players or are you going to sack one manager? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Mourinho needs to go. The only issue is who's going to replace him. Is it Conte? Is it Zidane? Who... Who's going to replace him with enough time to actually make an impact in the season? At this point, I don't really think Manchester United can even make the top four anymore. Champions League, hell no. They're not going to win that. So why don't you just sack him right now? Sack him right now. Give another manager an opportunity at least. Maybe his top four is still attainable. Who knows But He needs to go as soon as possible, honestly. like Every single day extra, he's in the club. I think... It's going to be bad for the club, and it's going to sink us lower and lower and lower. But I'm not going to dwell on Manchester United too much. Um, Okay, yeah, they also lost the Carabao. They got knocked out of the Carabao Cup to freaking Derby County at Old Trafford. I watched that match. He did not... um, Pogba wasn't in the squad. Okay, you could say that was for rotation because also Valencia and Shaw were also not in the squad. But he fielded a strong team he fielded lukaku was there lukaku was there lingard was there martial was there um fred matic fellaini who else like a lot of good players and they were absolutely outplayed from start to finish that goal that they scored in the third minute beautiful build-up but that was really all the only significant play that they did in the whole match um Derby County were fully deserved winners talk about that that excellent free kick from Harry Wilson the low knee from Liverpool that was such a great free kick and um they got the they got the goal that they thought was a winning goal in the 84th minute uh, not um but then Fellaini scored that header in the 94th minute or 95th minute and that took the match to penalties and they scored all of their penalties. And they deservedly won the match. Another thing, Mourinho, after the match, discussing the post-match, he, he said that when he saw that it was Phil Jones and Chris Smalling that were the next two penalty takers, he was nervous. Like, how do you say that? How do you blame a defender for not scoring a penalty kick? Come on, like nah this guy needs to go, I'm sorry. But that's enough about Manchester United. Um let's move on to other um results. So in the Carabao Cup, Liverpool lost at home to Chelsea 1-2, Liverpool's first loss of the season after their 100% start. They also fielded a reasonably strong team, especially in the midfield. Fabino got his first start, Naby Keita and Milner went the midfield versus the Chelsea midfield of Kovacic, Fabregas and Barkley. I thought Liverpool's midfield was going to absolutely boss Chelsea's. And in terms of the... Um, the balance of the match, I would say Liverpool definitely had the best chances. Sturridge should have scored, um, probably two goals. Naby Keita was quite threatening. uh yeah, they they had, they had decent chances. Sturridge's goal was nice. Um, the equalizer from Emerson was off of a set piece, but then talk about that winning goal from Eden Hazard. I mean. This guy, I've been saying it since the start of the season, that under Sari, Hazard could really step up his game to a level that we haven't seen yet in his career. And he's proving to do that right now. That was such an excellent goal. Uh, come on, like look at that control. The ball control, the dribbling, the interplay with the guy who he passed on the wing. Everything, man. Everything was just excellent about this. This guy's absolutely a world-class player. And Chelsea are just a different... whole different animal when this guy is in the team when uh, versus when he's not so yeah good win for chelsea they beat liverpool 2-1 arsenal beat brentford three goals to one at the emirates oxford lost 3-0 to manchester city um a goal another goal from riyad Mahrez. so he has three goals in his last in his last two starts for for manchester city which is nice for him Shout out to Phil Foden. This guy looks like a solid talent, man. He looks like an atypical English player. He definitely seems more in the mold of a flair player, which England doesn't usually produce. But uh, yeah, he's such a great player. Such, such a an interesting prospect. Very exciting to watch. And yeah, he really pulled the strings in this win for Manchester City. Spurs um, beat Watford on penalties after drawing the match 2-2 so they move forward in the carabao cup as well other midweek um action la liga barcelona suffered the first loss of the season against Leganés two goals to one so this is the second match in a row where barcelona's dropping points they they lost they they drew last week at home at the new camp against girona and Yesterday, they lost 2 1 to Leganes. That was, um, they actually played quite disappointingly, honestly. I think Leganes had more shots than Barcelona did throughout the match. Coutinho scored that nice opening goal, but then in the space of one minute, they threw the game away with those two goals. Like, what the hell was Piquet thinking for that second goal, where he literally just assisted? the legionist player who scored the goal but barcelona yeah man they they still like i mean i know they've had a strong start to the season but they just still like have so many question marks in that team i still don't really rate that team as one of the best in europe and i think this match really showed it so onwards to their rivals real madrid they got thrashed absolutely spanked by sevilla 3-0 at the ramon sanchez p stadium that's a stadium where Madrid has definitely not had a lot of success in the past few years but this one was just an embarrassment I mean Madrid had also had a reasonable reasonably strong start to the season Bale was in good form Benzema as well but they were nowhere to be found in this match I mean Sevilla absolutely bossed this game they got the three goals in the first half and in the second half Madrid um, got the goal to make it three one, but was refused after the VAR review. And yeah, man, Real Madrid. It seems like they're going to have a topsy turvy season as well. Um, Julian Lopetegui definitely has a lot to prove. He has um after the whole World Cup debacle where he got sacked. He came to this club, and I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to survive the whole season if they continue to put up performances like this. But he definitely needs to galvanize the team and really show if he's good enough to actually succeed Zidane and be successful with the squad. But yeah, the ultimate winner of the day was Atletico Madrid. They beat Um Huesca three goals to nil. Very good win for them. I said at the start of the season that I really fancied them to win the league. Yeah, the past two weeks, I, I was starting to write them off because they had already um lost and drawn i think they they have they lost two matches or like lost one and drawn two but yeah they didn't didn't have a good start to the season that everybody expected that i at least expected after signing all those good players costa starting a full season um managing to keep griezmann away from barcelona and signing the likes of Tomalema. but yeah they got a nice win here and they're only two points adrift of of the top of the league So, they have a strong chance, man. They have a good chance. Real Madrid and Barcelona have definitely given Atletico Madrid a chance again. And they travel to Real Madrid over the weekend. It's going to be the Madrid derby. If they can get a result here, man, like, honestly, the title race is going to be blown wide open. And they have a good chance of winning winning this league. So, I'm not going to write them off at all. Barcelona and Real Madrid have definitely shown that they have their own shortcomings as well. So I'd like to go Madrid, just hang in there. There is something for you in this season. Serie A. We've got Juventus beat Bologna two goals to nil with goals from Paulo Dybala, getting his first goal of the season after being benched quite a lot. Um, Blaise Matuidi got the second goal. Ronaldo failed to score, but overall I would say it was a good performance for Juventus. Napoli beat Parma three goals to nil. Napoli continue the strong start to the season. They're in second place, just three points behind Juve. They play each other this weekend. That should be another very, very interesting match, honestly. um, We don't know if anybody in, the, in Syria really has the credentials to actually challenge Juventus. So Napoli has a chance to show if they're going to once again be the challenges to Juventus' throne this time around. Carlo Ancelotti, I mean, he's a coach for the big occasion. He's been there, done that in every league he's played in. So I'm expecting something from Napoli, man. I think they can, they can, they have a chance. I mean, maybe they're going to get a draw, but definitely Juventus are overwhelming favorites. But just for the sake of competition, I would like to see Napoli sneak something out of this match. Um, Inter Milan beat Fiorentina two goals to one um nice win for inter after a poor start to the season as well and then roma fr- um, beat frosinoni 4 goals to nil nice win for them as well after a slow start to the season over to Ligue 1. psg beat rim 4 goals to 1 and then in the bundesliga the biggest result from there was borussia dortmund destroying nuremberg 7 goals to nil at, um in the signal iduna park Marco Royce got his 100th goal for the club. I'm a huge fan of Marco Royce, man. If not for injuries, I feel so bad for him. This guy should definitely be among the top 10 players in the world. But injuries have plagued his career. I would like to see him get a full season without injuries and see how well he goes. But yeah, he got his 100th goal for the club. And Dortmund, yeah, they're in second place, two points behind Bayern who dropped their first points of the season against Augsburg 1-1 at home at the Allianz Arena. Um, Yeah, I don't know if this is a blip for them. They're also in a transition phase with Nico Kovac, the new coach. So, it's um, yeah, let's see if Dortmund has a chance or even Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen have had a strong start to the season as well. They're also two points behind Bayern. They beat Hertha Berlin three goals to one. They have had a strong start to this season. In the past few years, they've been fighting relegation. So it's nice to see them um, fighting for top spot in the league. So let's see how far they can go. And yeah, so this weekend, the fixtures we've got, we've got in the Premier League, we've got Chelsea versus Liverpool. Liverpool have a rematch against Chelsea. And make no mistake about it, the intensity that they're going to come to this match with is going to be nothing It's going to be um, way, way, way more than what they produced against um, Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. They're going to be all out to win this match and continue the 100% start to the season. But let's see what Chelsea has to say about that. Hazard is definitely going to be starting, but so will Mohamed Salah and Firmino, who um, were benched for this match. It's going to be a tough match. I expect this to be a very exciting match. Finally, Chelsea has an open attacking style of play. Coming up against Liverpool's high press. Uh, I could see this This could go any way you can think of, man. I, Chelsea could win this match because they're at home. But at the same time, Liverpool can absolutely destroy them because Chelsea plays a possession style of football and Jurgen Klopp's style is very well suited to teams that play such styles so i'm really excited to watch this match It's going to be on sunday but it should be very interesting very fun to watch we've got west ham united versus manchester united um yeah manchester united they could definitely lose this one again um wouldn't really surprise me at all um yeah they they are really struggling man manchester united is really really struggling and i don't know what to say again let's it's let's see if pogba starts the match or or if he gets benched who knows what's gonna happen but but they are definitely in serious need of a win and um apologies my mistake actually chelsea liverpool matches on saturday not on sunday my bad but yeah west ham Manchester united west ham also have had a um, shaky start to the season but they got a good draw against Chelsea last week they also beat Macclesfield eight goals to nil in the Carabao Cup so they're going to be in high spirits coming into this match we've got Arsenal versus Watford that's going to be an interesting match as well Watford having a strong start to the season Arsenal are finally starting to pick up some form though the performances haven't really been that great but the results have been um forthcoming for them so That should be an exciting match. Huddersfield is going up against um, Spurs. Spurs should be able to win this one comfortably because Huddersfield don't really look that great this season. Manchester City is at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. I think they're going to destroy Brighton as they usually like to do against small teams. And Yeah, that's about it for the Premier League. So we move over to Serie A. It's going to be Juve-Napoli, as I discussed earlier. Napoli has a chance to really stake their claim as Juventus' biggest contenders for the league this season. So let's see if they're able to come up with the goods at the Juventus Stadium. I think they would have definitely had a better chance if they were at home, because Juventus have a fortress of a home stadium. But I hope it's a good match. Roma versus Lazio, it's going to be the um, Rome Derby this time around. Let's see if Roma can continue after the nice 4-0 win they got last week, um over the the midweek games. And La Liga, yeah, it's the Madrid Derby at the Bernabeu. and Let's Go Madrid have a very good chance to get back into this title race. If they can get a result, if they can get the win, which is definitely not beyond them. I mean, they already beat Madrid earlier in the... UEFA Super Cup, so they have a good chance, man. They they can definitely get something out of this match. I wouldn't put it past them whatsoever. Another tough match is going to be Barcelona versus Athletic Bilbao. Um, sorry, back to the uh, Madrid match. There's Madrid is going to be without Isco, who um just had an appendicitis um surgery to remove his appendix, so he's going to be out for a while. Marcelo is also doubtful because he picked up an injury during the loss to Sevilla. So that should definitely be an advantage for Atletico Madrid. So yeah, Barcelona versus Athletic Bilbao. That's going to be an interesting match as well. Barcelona definitely need a win after the last two disappointing results. But Bilbao is always never a walk in the park. So it should be a fun match. Then in Ligue 1, we've got Nice versus PSG. Nice have been have are are mid-table right now. So all suggestions are that PSG should win this match comfortably. Um, Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But let's wait and see. In the Bundesliga, we've got Bayer Leverkusen versus Borussia Dortmund. That should be another fun, interesting match to watch. And then we've got Hertha Berlin versus Bayern Munich. That's going to be interesting as well. Bayern needs to bounce back with a win after the draw that they had last weekend. So, yeah. And lastly, we've got the Champions League. Champions League is back next week. Um, Who's playing? Um, Ronaldo just got his, um, his suspension. He's only going to face one suspension, so that means he's not going to play the um in the Champions League next week against young boys when they come to the Juventus Stadium, but that's not going to be an issue. The biggest thing is that he's going to be available to play against Manchester United, his old club. So let's see how that plays out for them. But yeah, the Champions League is back again next week, should be fun as it always is and yeah guys that's all i've got for today so enjoy the weekend's fixtures and enjoy the champions league and next week i'll be back to talk about that and talk about any other exciting action going on in the world of football that we all love so thanks guys for listening Um, you can catch me on instagram at dballat that's d b a l a t on instagram on twitter you can catch me at at dk ballet so d k b a l a t so yeah just shoot any tweets any about anything exciting happening in football i'm always down to talk love a bit of banter about football but yeah so enjoy the fixtures and talk to you guys next week bye bye